Welcome back to the Behind the Books podcast. Today, you're here with me, Lena, and this episode is going to be a little bit different because I have some exciting news, and for that reason, I'm filming a solo episode because I want to talk to you guys about it. So I finished a book. I finished writing the book I've been talking your ear off about, and I'm so excited to be done with it. And I remember right when I finished it, so that was 6th of January, I sat down at a document and I wrote, like blurted out all the advice that I wish I had known when I started writing this book. And so I thought this episode would be an exciting chance to share it all with you and kind of talk about my experience and talk about what I'm going to do now that I've written a book or like, yeah, written my second book technically. But this is the first book that I'm like really proud of. So it feels like I've finished my first book. All right, so I'm going to start by giving you a bit of an introduction to those of you who haven't either listened to the previous writing episodes or, because those were a while back, don't remember much. So I've written two books now in my life, but the last book was um, 2018 to 2020, beginning of 2020. So it's already, wow, two years ago (laughs) that I finished that. But at the same time, that was kind of a book that I... I plotted and I was really happy with, and then slowly I kind of had to drag myself through to finish that. And there are still some parts in that that I'm really proud of. I read back the ending recently and I like got emotional because I remember how big this was and like the characters still feel very familiar to me, but obviously it's not the book that I would publish, especially not in the form it is in now, despite wanting to edit it. So I started another book because Lily started writing a book in May, I think it was April. And I remember being like, wow, I remember how much I loved writing my book and I loved creative writing, but I've really let that go recently. So the whole time I was trying to brainstorm ideas to write a book. And then at one point there was one that really hit me that I was like, okay, I can do this. And that was 15th of August. And I just started. And I remember within the first week I had like 10,000 words down and I was so excited to be writing a book again. And For context, I wrote my book from the 15th of August to the 6th of January, so that took about five or six months, but um, I counted it back, and I didn't write every day. I wrote 54 days, so that's close to two months of like straight writing, so that's how long it took me, and my book ended up at just around 82k. So I'm going to give you guys a quick summary of my plot so that if I mention things, it'll be a bit of a, (laughs) it'll make a little bit of sense. So I'm quite a big Taylor Swift fan, or I became one during quarantine. And there's one song that I really like off her new album, and that is Tis the Damn Season, which is a story about an actress or someone in Hollywood coming back to her her hometown for Christmas and meeting the boy she was always in love with again, and they kind of fall back into that. And I thought this was so beautiful and so romantic that I was like, I want to write that. Because I, the whole time I was listening to that song, I was like, oh, someone should write a book like this. And I was like, you know what? I'll do it. But that plot actually kind of got lost. It doesn't look a lot like the song anymore in my final book. And one other thing that was really influential was a song by Phineas called A Concert Six Months From Now. And a lot of like the emotions that I put into this book kind of are channeled through that song. But what happens, basically, is an actress um, has a bit of a scandal. She's embroiled in a bit of a scandal, and it's not her fault, or like what they're ta- like talking about her isn't true. But she can't deny it quite yet because of a couple NDAs she signed, and her lawyers are going through whether or not she could. 
So she slowly gets so frustrated and so stressed about waiting it all out that she kind of snaps and tells her manager, I'm flying back home to a small town in England where I grew up. And she expects to just stay with her parents for a month or two, except the boy that was her childhood best friend, best friend up until high school when she just charted off to Hollywood and left behind without a word, he still is next door. He's currently kind of at his parents because he's running his father's carpentry business. And they kind of reintroduce themselves to each other by accident, but then they become friends again. And kind of through that, a lot of the emotions from when they were younger about kind of secretly being in love with the other kind of come back up, except, yeah, obviously it's not as easy as it should be because it's a book. But that's the plot that I'm going to give you. I'm going to leave the rest kind of up to imagination, I guess. It is on paper, but I don't want to give too much away because I know so much is going to change. And yeah, this is for, this is certainly not the final draft. So the first like advice that I'd like to give is just practical advice, like the logistical things that make writing so much easier. First of all, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this trick, but write in Comic Sans, it works. Because for some reason, when you're writing in like Times New Roman or a similar font, it feels like every word you put on paper is final. But if you write in Comic Sans, it like doesn't. It feels like you're just writing. You're putting words on the page because it is a first draft. And so that really helped me kind of get through my mental block whenever I started writing. And I got into the flow much faster. And like I genuinely noticed that it did work. So try that out because I swear to God, it does work. Okay. And then the next piece of advice, and this kind of goes along with that, is if you're going to work on one thing, make it to improve your writing speed. Because when you're sitting down and you say, my goal today is a thousand words, it makes a huge difference mentally if you think, oh, it'll take me an hour versus, oh, this will take me 20 minutes if I am quick. Because that means that you're much more likely to kind of sit down and do it randomly. Because there were times when I would sit down at my desk and I'd be like, you know what? Let me spend the first 20 minutes hitting my writing goal and then I'll do my work. Because when I started off, it would take me an hour and a half to write one and a half K. So it would take me about an hour to write one K. And towards the end, it would take me 20 to 30 minutes. So obviously my writing speed improved so much because I was sitting down and instead of kind of mentally thinking, oh, it'll take me however long it'll take. I like try to make it as fast as possible. And I don't know if that affected my writing quality. I don't necessarily think so because I feel like it wasn't helping me mentally either to kind of sit down and be like, oh, whatever word I'll put down on the page will be fine without kind of timing myself. And the way that I tried to improve my writing speed was first writing sprints. But I kind of, I don't know how I feel about those yet because if I put myself on the timer for 15 minutes, you would feel bad about researching something. And like, the fact that you're timed makes you mentally, there's just another kind of consciousness there or a pressure there that I didn't write very well with. And especially after the 15 minute timer goes off, you're kind of thrown out of your flow. Instead of just thinking, oh, I'll sit down and write 1K, you think I'll write for 15 minutes. But then as soon as those 15 minutes goes off, your flow is completely broken. So what I did is I kind of just sat myself down and I told myself, you are not allowed to stop typing within these however long it takes you to write 1k like you need to type like the next sentence you start immediately and if you take a break make it be small so it kind of just put my pressure like put that pressure on myself without timing myself and then slowly I saw it get better because 
and this is a huge piece of advice in regard to this, track your writing. Like have a document or use the NaNoWriMo app. I used both because they were both really helpful. And like write down the date, write down how long you've been writing, and then write down the word count. Because that way it's really nice to have at the end because I actually went back and like made some statistics for myself. But also just like being able to see your writing speed improve is so motivating. Being able to see this document fill up to the point where you have to add more rows is so motivating and so nice to have at the end. Because, I mean, the first draft is like getting words down, getting the story down on the page. And so being able to see a numerical difference in your writing is a huge thing and really motivating. And one thing I'd like to say is I would have a Google Doc, but I would also actually use NaNoWriMo because NaNoWriMo is a really nice tool to have to like recalibrate your writing goals. Like if you say you don't hit your writing goal for a couple of days, weeks, then NaNoWriMo tells you exactly how many words you need a day to still reach the goal at the end of whenever you want to reach it. And setting a deadline was also really helpful because I'm someone who works well on deadlines. So if I had this kind of thing in the back of my mind that, oh, this book needs to be done soon, it would help me write. Okay, so another practical tip that I have is um, something I found online, and I've not been able to find it back, but it's something called the elephant trick. Because um, if you're unsure of a word, or you forgot a character's name, or you don't know something like that, instead of going back into your document and looking it up, you your flow gets broken. So instead, you write the word elephant in all caps, so that way, unless you're writing a book about elephants, you can go back later, command F, and search for all the words where it says elephant at the end of your writing sprint or whatever you're doing, and you can double check them. And even if you can't double check this at the end of the draft, one thing I did is I highlighted the sentence or whatever while I was writing, and I said, is this date correct? Is this correct timeline? Because I know for a fact that in my document, it's spring, it's autumn, it's winter, like within a span of a month, and I know that I need to correct that because it means that my timeline is so screwed, but I would always forget what season I was writing in. So those kind of tiny practical errors are so much easier to edit them out if you like mark them yourself. And one thing of like practical advice that I guess is a bit more like personal to you is, oh my God, please like take photos, film it, take evidence, whatever. Because if I have I have this video of me like almost crying when I finished my book and I'm so happy I took that because it means that if I ever do get it published or ever do anything with it, I'm going to have like all these moments compiled of me working on my book and like adding the end goal to that would be so beautiful. Like a kind of book diary (laughs) after it's been published is going to be so cool. So yeah, that as well. And closer to um, writing deadlines, I guess, is... When you set yourself a writing goal, mine was 80k, for some reason my brain forgot that that was an estimate. So the whole time I was writing, I was like, oh, I'm almost at 80k, so I'm almost done. But like, your story isn't always going to be done at exactly whatever number you put it down. Like, let your story be done when it will be, because otherwise it'll read so weirdly. So the closer I got to the end, I was kind of giving it a bit of a larger estimate. So I was like, okay, it'll probably be 81, 82K, and I was correct because I kind of was able to estimate myself how long this was going to take me. But, like, if you, like me, had a date in mind for finishing it, for me, I set it as the end of my winter break because I knew that as soon as my school started again, I would not have the same commitment to it that I would if it was during winter break. So I was like, I need to finish it winter break. But 
if you've got that date in mind, like plan in a couple of buffer days in terms of writing goal in case you do go over. Okay. Another tip practically is if you have a daily writing goal, because I would usually work with daily writing goals, is split up your writing if you want it to feel like less work. So during the winter break, because I needed to finish it on such a tight schedule, I did uh, 2K every day, but I did 1K in the morning and one in the evening if I had the time in the evening. So that way, it's also kind of, yeah, a buffer almost, because if you start the morning with writing, you know for sure that you have something done, even if you've been, if you're interrupted by schoolwork or something else happens, you've got writing done. Like during the summer, I would do 1.5K daily, and that took me an hour and a half because I sat down and did the whole thing. But I also realized that if I broke it up into two time segments, I would like, my writing would be more energized because I wasn't sitting there for an hour and a half. I was sitting there for 20 minutes. And so I was really motivated those first 20 minutes. And that motivation wouldn't start to like fade or plateau because I only had 20 minutes. And so I was really motivated and quick almost when I was writing every time. Um, in terms of writing goals also though, be mindful of yourself and your limits because looking back when I found my statistics, I found that between summer break and winter break, I wrote 25 days. Like those are months spanning over and I worked, I wrote 25 days and some of those are like 300 words because I was really busy with uni applications and school and tests and reports and whatever. So I barely had time and I'm glad I set that priority because I know that now the book is better than it would have been and my grades <laughs> are better than they would have been. So I'm glad about that. And Christmas as well, I wrote 600 words that day because obviously I was with my family and I had to set those priorities. And on days that I worked, I also like never set myself a writing goal because I knew that I wouldn't have the energy to sit down and write those days. So if you want to stop yourself from constantly feeling behind, kind of land that in, like tell yourself, I, on a Monday, I always have so much homework, so I'm not going to set a writing goal that day. Or because I work on Friday, I'm not going to set a writing goal because I know I'm not going to write. And one other like piece of advice, and I feel like this is really hard to get around mentally, especially with people who are like, I wouldn't call myself a perfectionist, but like, I do have a certain like expectation of discipline on myself, if that makes sense. So learn that. 500 words is better than nothing. 200 words is better than nothing. Even if you put five words down on the page, your word count has gone up. You don't have to spend an hour writing every day, but if you sit down to write, even like a little like break between classes, I did that sometimes, you would still get 500 words on the page. And obviously then your writing doesn't go as quickly as you'd like, but it will still like have momentum. And if you're not writing at all because you say, I don't have an hour and a half to waste today, then obviously your book is never going to get done at all. And one other thing is if you do set daily goals and you fail them, challenge yourself again, set a new goal, set a new deadline, and just try again because all that, all that you're doing is getting words on a page. The plot doesn't have to be perfect. Things like that, they don't have to be perfect now on the first draft. That's something I've learned. <laughs> I have so many plot holes and so many issues I want to change, so that's all right. And if you're not writing, if you don't have time to write or the energy to write or the space to write, think about your book. Like, actually, one of the things that really helped me was if I wasn't writing, my mind was on my book sometimes. So then I would, like, have whole plot holes or scenes that I kind of typed up on my phone. 
in my notes app. And then I would later use that dialogue or use that plot hole fixing thing and whatever. So it does help as well. But yeah, any short paragraphs, dialogue, scenes you want in, but you can't place, put those in a Google Doc somewhere. Put those in a note on your phone. Like, don't let that kind of spark of creativity go to waste. In, for example, when I was writing my final scene, I obviously had so many little, like, pieces of, like, lines or pieces of dialogue or stuff I wanted my main character to think when she finally got together with the love interest. And so all those I had typed on my phone. So when I was writing the scene where this happens, I highlighted all the dialogue I wanted to use and like threw it in there. And I like had half my scene written already. And in terms of practicality, there's also one thing that I just cannot ignore when you're talking about writing a book, like Google Docs, Word, Pages, um, Scrivener, what do you use? Personally, I actually really like Pages by Apple, which is weird because I remember the first time I saw Pages and I was like, this is such an ugly writing software. <laughs> like it's so um, bland and empty. But that's something I actually grew to like because if you set up your settings correctly, all you can see is your page in the middle and your word count at the bottom. And as a writer, that's really all you need. And in pages, you can also highlight and make comments, but like you can make them disappear the way they do in like the way you can't do in like Word. And I don't know, there's something about pages that I really, really liked. So that's what I did. And also just formatting your page in pages is so much more author friendly. So I could make it look a little bit like a book to kind of motivate myself. So that was nice as well. And now I have some like mental advice because people don't realize how much like mental strength it takes to write a book because you're so attached to these characters in the story. And it's so difficult to put that all on the page that it like genuinely <laughs> is really difficult mentally. First of all, yes, it's okay to fall out of love with your story. I fell out, I think I fell out of love with my story 1.5 times, kind of. Like there was a point where I was kind of thinking, oh, I don't really like this section. And then as I continued writing that section, I was like, I don't like this book anymore. These characters aren't good. I don't like where this is going. So that was during a road trip that I planned and I felt really out of my depth because my writing style isn't suited to that kind of like quote unquote action, obviously. So what I did is I kind of cut the road trip as short as I could in terms of like scenes. Like I just, instead of writing the whole thing out, I just cut it, like made the small scenes that made it all make sense and then moved on. And also, yes, it's all right to just change up scenes or timelines completely. I, did, I redid my timeline once completely, like deleted everything and threw it back in. And then my road trip timeline functions completely differently now. And some scenes have a completely other like function than they did when I wrote them in ex in initially. Like for example, I took a lot of inspiration from my timeline from Pinterest actually. And I talked about this in another episode. And there was this one photo of two people sitting on a balcony in like all like lit up during a party on each other's lap and I was like oh I'd love a scene like that like this scene where there's in the social scene they're in like at a party except when I actually wrote that it was so different to what I'd pictured it being because it wasn't a party it wasn't like oh they're finally in public for the first time what it was is the main character is seeing her friends from high school for the first time in years and it's just them like having fun and meeting their old friends. Like it's a completely different function to what it was initially, but I still kept it in because I still think that that had some kind of value. And also 
I com- I developed complete subplots as I was writing <laughs> because I wrote a romance book. So if you're doing your plot, you plot the romance. But for some reason, there was one whole like character who popped up once within the first 50,000 words. And then I was like, wait a second, I could do something really cool with her here. So I like threw her in and she got some character development and she was like huge for the main character's character development as well. Like I think the scenes where I got the most emotional was between her and this friend because it's like such a beautiful thing to see someone grow close to a high school friend that they like told themselves that they shouldn't be friends with anymore. And it was beautiful. And there was another, um, yeah, kind of subplot, but it was kind of the quote unquote scandal that I had put at the beginning and then not explained. And this scandal had kind of been a huge question mark in my brain the whole time until I wrote it. Because I've heard Lee Bardugo once say that like something along the lines of the first draft is kind of where you meet your characters. And yeah, that is true sometimes. If you can't figure something out, write it. Like if you've got a scene you're concerned about, write it. And then realize that what you've written isn't as bad as you think it is. And like edit from there. Because I don't know how to explain this, but let your characters tell you what the story is going to be. Because after even the first 10,000 words, I had a strong feeling of character. Or like I could tell my characters apart at that point and who they were. And then after like 40,000 words, I would say I really knew my characters. And so writing the scandal, which was explained like 60, 70,000 words in, suddenly it hit me because I knew my character. I, I knew what made the most sense for her. So that was really nice to write. And it introduced me a complete new, like it introduced me to a complete new character who I don't think I would have had if I plotted this out in my brain. And again, I've always been a person who struggles with character to some extent because I feel like a character isn't someone you can like fill out a character sheet for and know because characters aren't just a list of traits it's how they act it's their mannerisms it's their kind of dialogue and learning that is really difficult so I didn't even know kind of the character arc my main character was going to take until like 60 70k in so it's close to done with the story and I know that's going to take a lot of editing but I know that otherwise I wouldn't have known my characters the way I do them now because all those character profiles and lists and character sheets they don't help me that way. So it's genuinely a process of exploration because until I write them, they are not tangible to me. So that's kind of all the information I have for you. It was low-key so much fun. Like you don't realize how fun writing that book was until you're done with it. And you can look back on your experience and think, wow, I enjoyed so much of this. Why did I feel like I was like pulling myself through this at some points? Because I loved writing that. I loved writing that. I loved writing that. And honestly, I remember the the day after I finished my book, it was still during the winter holidays. I had a couple days left because I finished it a couple days early. I like the next day, I felt so purposeless because I just finished this huge project that had taken me like an hour a day, every day, and had been on my mind for like half a year. And I was like, what do I do with myself? Because whenever you're writing, you think, okay, I'm not putting enough time into this. Like I should be spending more time writing. But it's not until you finish a book and you see the amount of empty hours there are in your day now because you're no longer writing it, you realize how much time you spend on your book and how much like your book was a part of your life. And obviously I celebrated. I texted all my friends and they were all really happy for me. And I, my brother actually got me a small slice of cake and then he got me candles that said 82 because I wrote 82,000 words. (laughs) And 
In terms of the future, I kind of don't know. And I'm okay with that because I have a huge notes document with like 10, 20 <laughs> ideas of books to write. And I know that I won't have time for that until after I finish high school because currently I'm kind of on an exam stretch. I've got exams in May. But I'm trying to think of ways to keep myself creative when I'm not writing. So a lot of that is throwing book plans into this book document <laughs> because I know that I will at one point have time for them. And I'm really hoping to write a book the summer after exams because I feel like if I wrote the way that I wrote when I actually did write, if that makes sense, like the days that I did write, I would usually write 1.5K. So if I did that, I feel like I could finish a book in two months again. So I would love to do that because I love all these ideas that I'm currently collecting. And in terms of this book, I don't know either. I'd love to go back and edit it and see how much of it I still enjoy. But then again, maybe this book was just practice for me. And maybe the next book I write is going to be better or more worth publishing or something I feel more passionately about. So currently, my book's future <laughs> is kind of a big question mark. But I know that I want to go back and edit it because, because I want to kind of try that as well. Because I've never edited a book before. And there were parts of this book that like made me almost cry. So I know that there is something in there that is worth it. I just want to try and find it through all the <laughs> bullshit that I did right besides that. And yeah, that's kind of the episode for today. I don't really know how to end this because it's still such a strange feeling to me that I finished a book. And I love talking about it this episode. Although, of course, we missed Lily. I love talking about it this episode because I really hope that someone else, <laughs> this resonates with someone else because I know how sometimes it feels like you can't kind of see through everything that's like happening to you right now. Like sometimes the goal becomes a little bit, <laughs> it feels almost surreal because you think I've only written half a book. How am I ever going to finish this? But just know that like an end does come and you feel so relieved and so happy and so proud of the words you put on the page because you wrote a book. Like there's not a lot of people who can say that. So just in general, keep trying. <laughs> I have faith in you that you'll finish your book. Um, but I think that's the episode for today. So if you're listening on Apple podcast, please give us a review. It would help us out so much. And if you're interested, all our social media are linked in the description in our link tree. You can find us on Instagram, on Goodreads, wherever you would like. Bye.